Oh, good morning, Sun Valley. Welcome to the Voice of the Valley. <laughs> this is this is take two, but thankfully it was only a 15-second take the first time. Rick is standing away from the microphone because he has dino nuggets that he's eating, um, which was coming through the microphone the first time. So he's slowly making his way back to, to the seat here. But Rick. I hate the sound of chewing. <laughs> it's one of my things. That it gets under my skin. I thought you were joking the first time. No. But we have tremendously good microphones, which I have now... Uh, now I'm convinced of. <laughs> yes, it was like you. So were, I'm truly sorry. You were chewing straight into my ear. Yeah, I'm sorry. That <laughs> I hate myself. I hate myself so much. Uh, Just about that. Yeah. My meeting because this was we weren't planning on podcasting right now. You were supposed to be at lunch still. I was supposed to be at lunch. We're supposed to have a staff meeting, but we we're, pushed it back for you. Yeah, we're we're cranking. You got out. back early. I got back early, and we're and cranking that sucker like, out. Well, hey, these nuggets are about to pop out of the oven. Let's go do a podcast. I'll have lunch with my friend. <coughs> And you had lunch with a different friend. I did. Earlier. <laughs> and it was not me. Uh, you had a good time, though? I did, yes. It was a great lunch. Great lunch. Did you have dino nuggets? I did not. Far less thing from it. Did, I did have chicken, though. Oh. So it wasn't really all that Mine far. are, I can't tell. I think they're chicken, but they're in the shape of dinosaurs. I realized some time ago that all the food your parents send you to school with mm-hmm. in kindergarten... Mm-hmm. It's about as good as it gets. I mean, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches taste way better now. Mm-hmm. Cheese sticks, I just attack those things head on. <laughs> I don't have the kind of self. I don't have the kind of time in my life to string it. No, you, you just dino go. nuggets are amazing. That's a great office quote. <laughs> a reference, at least. So, um, Rick, we're talking when about. When I eat this and I bite it, I bite a dinosaur's head off. I've, I've, my nickname in my own mind is Indominus Rix. Oh my gosh. You like that? <laughs> Indominus Rix. You get it, right? Oh, yes. I. It's not a New Zealand accent. No. It's a, you, you get it. I got it. Unfortunately, yes. Well, friend. Don't call me friend. What do you have to, <laughs> well, then I'm confused. What are we talking about today? <laughs> this is a question about friendship. And Maybe our, that's why I kept saying friend. our friendship is one-sided. I give Feel and like I give and I give, and I'm there to encourage and support you and love you, and you shoot me down regularly. And so, um, somebody obviously has been listening and was concerned about this relationship that I have with yep. with you. <laughs> and the question is this, Rick, as you eat your Dino Nuggets. As husbands and wives that are unequally yoked, one a believer and one not, are instructed to stay with their unbelieving spouse, when is it okay to leave behind friendships that are unequally yoked? Is it wrong to shake the dust off after having ministered to them? Okay, I'm going to ask that one more time. As husbands and wives that are unequally yoked, one a believer and one not, are instructed to stay with their unbelieving spouse, when is it okay to leave behind friendships that are unequally yoked? Is it wrong to shake off the dust after having ministered to them? Go wow. ahead. That is a deceptively complex question. Yes. Because it seems, I mean, it's straightforward, mm-hmm. but there's a few, there are a few things going into it that are, we actually need to unpack. So, 
Where are we getting this idea of unequally yoked? Because it sounds pretty specific. Is that where you're going right now? Um, well, I was going to the book, but I'm not going to... to, to make I, wasn't, I wasn't going to that chapter. You weren't? Oh. Um, are you but, in Second Corinthians? Um, no. Second Corinthians 6? I'm currently in Acts, now Romans. But where are you going? Well, I was going First Corinthians. But Second Corinthians 6 is where you're going. I think. Yeah, okay. Second Corinthians 6.14... Uh, do not, well, I'm going to go back to verse 11 for a little context. O Corinthians, we have spoken openly to you. Our heart is wide open. You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Now in return for the same, I speak as to children, you also be open. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever, and what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't actually specifically mention marriage here. Mm-mm. Interestingly, I think the person who asked the question is right to apply it to marriage, because there is no more intimate human relationship than the marriage relationship, sure. and there's nothing more yoking than one flesh. Yeah. What's, what's funny about that just word to you? That yoking. word was, was funny. It was a funny, what's funny word. About it? I, I don't know. I just wasn't expecting yoking coming out of your mouth. It's a it's a verb. <laughs> <laughs> the past tense would be yoked. <laughs> oh yes, you're, but Paul. You're right. So Paul's context here, right? He was the apostle that God had used to um, found the church of Corinth. Mm-hmm. He was, in a very real sense, their spiritual father. And yet, by the time he writes Second Corinthians, the Corinthians have, um, they have fallen under the sway of false apostles mm-hmm. who were turning them against Paul and slandering Paul. Mm-hmm. They were believing lies about Paul. These Corinthians were yoked with unbelievers. And the principle that we see is that at the level of deep human relationship, the kind that affects your, you know, that affects and involves the soul, Mm -hmm. uh, do not have that kind of a depth of relationship with an unbeliever. Mm -hmm. And what it's not saying is, it's not saying don't have unbelieving friends. Um, What it is saying is, is I think what um, Solomon's getting at in Proverbs 12, 26, which I just, I was reading this the other day and it struck me as entirely pertinent to this discussion. Right. The righteous should uh, the righteous should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Um, so there's the yoking aspect, that intimate fellowship uh, relationship with an unbeliever. Mm-hmm. Uh, steer clear of that because it's going to have a dramatic impact when we're talking about that level, the right. level of yoking. Right. Right. Just to use that word again. <laughs> so I just, it's not my word. It's in the scripture. <laughs> Which would obviously include marriage. Um, when this passage was preached by my pastor in um, in Portland, when he was going through Second Corinthians, uh, he applied it, and I think rightly, to um, to the uh, like a uh, deep business partnership, the kind where you're literally entwining mm-hmm. your life and destiny with that of the person you're going into business with, mm-hmm. because you're going to approach business differently. You're going to have different aims different goals, different methods, because Scripture's going to hopefully shape the the means of doing business that a believer uses. Believer's business ought not to look like an unbeliever's business right. in some important ways. Right. 
um, friendship, the kind of friendships that are intimate that, that are like, you know, I'm thinking Anna Green Gables, like bosom friend that, you know, you've heard that term perhaps. Um, yeah, it's an old term, older than you, older than me. Uh, that kind of friendship we probably don't want to have with an unbeliever. I think that's what this, these passages are teaching. Yeah. And yet, there is to be redemptive friendship, sure. uh, influential friendship, where we are rubbing shoulders with, often, unbelievers mm-hmm. and considering them our friends. I mean, Jesus was a, is, what do we call him, friend of sinners. Mm-hmm. He, he actually was among unbelievers quite often, mm-hmm. redemptively. Yeah. But his closest friends those he carefully invested himself in to that degree were those um, of his, you know, of his flock. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I taught the students uh, a portion of first Corinthians chapter five on Sunday and first, first Corinthians chapter five. If we know uh, what the text is talking about, it's, it's about the, the man who has a, a, a incestuous relationship with his mother-in-law and, and Paul's basically saying, get this guy out of your church, right? So he's, he's, he's telling the church, get rid of the leaven that's within the body. A little leaven leavens, leavens the whole lump. And he says this, he says this in, in verse 9, and this was the text that I was teaching from, was, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and the swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I'm writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality, greed, and so on and so forth. And so just thinking about this text in, in light of, of this question, uh, what happened was Paul had written an, an earlier letter, a non-canonical letter to the Corinthian church where he, he addresses this idea of sexual immorality and he says, don't associate with those who are sexually immoral. And what the church took that as is, don't associate those who are sexually immoral outside the church. And so that's, this is why Paul is, Paul is saying, not at all meaning those outside the church, because then you'd have to be out of this world. Um, and then thinking about thinking about Christ's words, his, his prayer in, in John 17. Um, oh gosh, what verse is that? John 17, where he's praying, and uh, he's praying f- for the church. He's praying for protection of the church. Um, uh, let's see where, where are we at? Is it where he says, I, <clears throat> yeah. I ask that you would not take them out of the world, but that you yeah. preserve what them from the that? evil one? It's just one of them. It's just one of Somewhere them. It's one of the one verse, twenty-five. It's one in I there. I think it's floating around maybe verse 13, 14. I'm not open to it. Yeah. Uh, anyways. It's in there. You said what you said what Jesus said in John 17. Uh-huh. Um so so there's uh, there's obviously the purpose of of being left in the world. Um, in order to be a gospel light, right? So, so Paul's Paul's not saying, um, you know, don't associate with the sexually immoral of this world, right? Because if we if we did, then we would we'd actually have to be removed from the earth because of just the rampant wickedness that's in this in this world. But I think getting back to to the to the point that you were saying is is association with with the world doesn't mean um, being. Um, uh, transformed by by the world, 
if you get what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. yeah. In fact, we're, we're actually commanded the opposite, aren't we? Right. Romans 12, right. 1 and 2. Do not be conformed. Do not be conformed to this world, right. but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that mm-hmm. by testing you may discern what the will of God is. Mm-hmm. It's good, acceptable, and perfect. So that if there's a relationship that is doing more to transform you into the image of the unbeliever, mm-hmm. then um, there's a good chance it's gone deeper than is healthy mm-hmm. in that in that sense. Right. And, and perhaps... Uh, I, I think you have to take it on a scale. I mean, perhaps there's some someone who's a much stronger believer who isn't going to be tempted into some of those uh, habits, mannerisms, um, activities right. that a younger believer is going to be who is associated with um, unbelievers, right? right. And, and not all unbelievers um, un- <laughs> manifest that unbelief in the same way. Mm-hmm. So there are going to be some people who come to Christ and their former closest friends are regularly um, drunk. They're regularly speaking in a way that is going to be tempting for the new believer, um, laden with profanity. Uh, I'm not, not being legalistic here, but I'm painting a portrait of sure. what does it look like to be an unbeliever, sure. right? Sure. And, um, and these are things that, are, that can be temptations for different believers of different maturity levels. Um, and we don't want to be conformed to that image. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we closely guard the holy place of our hearts, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the most helpful analogies I've ever um, heard it put as is the increasing level of restriction as you get toward the holy of holies in the temple. Mm. Um, metaphorically speaking, if our hearts and our lives are like uh, like the the holy like the temple sure right and we are when I mean, we are the temple of the holy spirit sure um god god and the relationship we have with him the place that he alone has or ought to have in our heart is the most holy place yeah. so to speak the closest people to us who ought to exclusively be believers um and we're, i think they should be very few perhaps maybe only marriage um, are going to be in the holy place where it's like Jesus and my spouse have access to these chambers. Right. <laughs> right. right. Uh, and then you move out from there into what was called the court of Israel, which only Israelite men could go into. Um, I think maybe even, maybe even just priests. I'm not sure on that, but either way, that would be the next circle out where we have our closest, most intimate friends who, uh, these are the yoking relationships, mm-hmm. um, which Paul says they, they need to be believers because of the powerful influence they have. Right. But then you would go out into the court of the women. Um, and that's not to say that women are less valuable. This is just, I'm just telling you historically sure. what the, these courts were, sure. where Israelite women could go. And these would be the friends where you maybe have some unbelievers in there. Um, they're, you know them well, they know you well, you hang out. Um, but it's not at the depth of intimacy that you could have if sure. both of you were in Christ. Sure. Then you had what was called the court of the Gentiles, the the dividing wall of hostility that Paul refers to in Ephesians two is referring to this, to this the court that was separated by this wall. Mm. You know, if a Gentile passed it, they would be killed. Mm-hmm. Right, that was what the sign said. And and th- these would be your acquaintances, you know, people, in your, maybe even some Facebook friends. Um, yeah. And then you've got the, the whole wide world. And I think we need to think about our relationships more intentionally, kind of along those types of lines. Yeah. Because human relationships are powerful. Yeah. Whoever we choose to be in community with um, has a massive sway on our lives. Right, right. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, so thinking particularly about, you know, who are my, what are my core group? What does that look like? Me. It, well, <laughs> by, by association. Necessity. <laughs> Cross <laughs> but, to bear. Yeah. <laughs> but, A hard providence. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord has, has been testing me. Um, <laughs> no, I think, you know, if, if our if our core group of friends is made up of mainly unbelievers, we really have to start questioning, okay, what are what are what are my values? What's my worldview? Right. Um because whether we like it or not, uh people are going to influence us. Yeah. One way or the other. And I I, th- I was thinking about this question before we got on air, uh just in relation to my own life when I was a, when I was a younger Christian of just how easily easily you know, I was swayed, um, by, by people and, um, you know, the relationships that I had at, at a, at a younger age in my early life and, and how, how impacted I was by the world. Um, because I thought I could still kind of keep one foot in one foot out type of thing. Right. Um, and so I think we just need to be wary, very wary of, of our friendships who, who make up the majority of our friendships. Um, and is this friendship, influencing me towards Christ or away from Christ? Um, am I influencing this person towards Christ or are they influencing me away from Christ? Um, so at what point, Rick, I know, I know we don't have much time here, but at what point do you, do you go, okay, that's it. I have to, I have to, you know, shake the dust off as this question says. Sure. You know, that's the other, the biblical imagery, um, that, comes, you know, that makes this more of a complex question. Because if you look at the context, and I'm maybe I'm being overly literal, but I'm going to just address it. Shaking the dust off the feet was a very particular sign. It was a sign of judgment. Mm-hmm. It was a sign of, you know, I've come to you, says Paul, with the message of hope and salvation. I've, I've labored among you. You have diligently rejected it. You have intentionally spurned the Messiah. And as a sign that I don't want anything to do with the condemnation coming to you, I don't even want your dust sticking to my feet. Yeah. That's what shaking the dust off the feet is. So if, if we're talking about it from that angle, I think it's going to be pretty apparent. Uh, a persistent hostility to the faith that you hold yeah. is going to be a sign that, oh, these, I think our friendships run its course here because they're not only not believing, um, which is one thing. And of course you want to reach them. So keep, keep plowing that ground. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if that's what God has put before you, um, but where it's hostile, that's, that's the shake your feet off type of, type of a thing. And you can, you should leave that relationship behind mm. and pray for them and pray that God would bring someone else who would be able to reach them. Cause it looks like it's not going to be you. Mm. Um, if it's just, um, it's not benefiting, you know, it's a relationship that's not been, you know, there's no real benefit to it. Um, we're not growing from it. They're not seeming to grow from it. Uh, I think that's the kind of thing you'd take on a case by case basis, pray over it. And I think a very real thing is, well, what do you want? Um, because I don't see anywhere we're commanded to, to be in, you know, investing our friendship energy with people we don't even want to be friends with. Mm. You know? yeah. So I think, that you know, sometimes we can over spiritualize things like um well couples will come in you know considering marriage and this i i have these conversations from time to time and they just i say well why are you together why are you getting married 
And, oh, you know, I think that they're going to be a spouse who will really draw my attention to Christ, and we can really do ministry together, and we watch, we just want to be a, an outpost of the kingdom in our home. And I said, yeah, well, are you excited to get into bed together? Hmm. And it's like, if you're not, you better not go into that altar, hmm. because this is a covenant, yes, that's made to picture Christ, yes, absolutely, and amen, but it's sealed by a sexual relationship. So, like, don't over-spiritualize it to where you're probably lying to me because at the age of 20, I think it's probably because you're fiercely attracted to each other. So let's at least get that out of the way. And then we can press on to have a, a helpful conversation about the Lord. <laughs> so <laughs> so do you want to be in this friendship? Yeah. Is it something that you enjoy? Yeah. Um, you know, figure that out. Yeah. And so it just takes wisdom. But I think that's what Proverbs is for. It's for giving sure. us wisdom. Sure. And I think we know when our hearts are being drawn elsewhere and hindered in our walk with the Lord because right. of our friendships. Right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Good, good things to be thinking through. Um, I know I've had those, those same thoughts of, you know, relationships with, with friends and, you know, at what point do you, do you break it off or keep going? That's, those are good things to wrestle through. They really are. These are good questions. Yeah. So, uh, church, we love you. I know this is, this is a shorter podcast. Maybe you're thankful for that. I, you know, (laughs) I, it might be the dino nuggets <laughs> might be the staff meeting coming up in two minutes yeah send us your feedback and maybe we'll do this every week yeah maybe we'll do a podcast in the an act of meeting. mercy yeah <laughs> <laughs> to our listeners church we love you look forward to being with you on Sunday next week on the voice of the valley have a great week <laughs>